Hey, 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 good people. Happy Mindset Monday. Welcome to another episode of the WellFit Lab podcast, which is your weekly conversation with myself, burnout coach Shia Thousand, about all things mental health and personal wellness to prevent stress and overcome burnout, to live life with intention. Today, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today's episode. This is another episode, part of the Run Your Own Race series, and we're talking with internationally recognized speaker, financial educator, best-selling author, and serial entrepreneur, Tanya Rapley. I don't always like doing people's resumes because I feel like I never do it enough justice. Tanya Rapley is, if you don't know her, she is the creator and owner of MyFab Finance, and I want you guys to join us in a lab for a really great conversation about entrepreneurship and wellness. So grab your cup of tea and get your pen and paper because she's dropping them gems. I'll see you in the lab. Awesome. So today we are talking to Miss Tanya Rapley, and I, if you don't know Tanya Rapley, then I don't know where you've been. Like you've literally been under a rock right now because this woman has been on the cover of Black Enterprise. She has been on everyone's lips recently, especially for her new show, Going From Broke. And um, Ashton Kutcher is co-signing her. So y'all better know who she is if you don't already know. And I don't always like to run down people's resume because I feel like it doesn't do them justice. So Miss Rapley, if you could just run down your resume for the people who may not know the folks in the back who just ain't been outside in a while, even though outside is open right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I mean, those who don't know me, don't feel bad. I'm still familiarizing myself with other people too. People are like, you don't know that? I know. Uh, but my name is Sonya Rapley. I'm a financial educator, founder of MyFab Finance. I'm also a mother and entrepreneur based in Atlanta, Georgia, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am the author of the best Amazon bestseller, The Money Manual. I'm an internationally recognized public speaker. My husband and I purchased a company, Club Lufa, in 2019. So I own an e-commerce business, have a nonprofit called the Maternal Health and Education Project, affectionately known as Maternal. Um, but I'm best known for MyFab Finance, where I was on the cover of Black Enterprise, have been dubbed the new face of wealth building by Blavity and a host of other outlets. Have my show going from broke, executive produced by Ashton Kutcher, that is on Crackle. Uh, and I've, you know, I've been blessed to do a lot of the things that I want to do. Uh, I'm a spokesperson, spokesperson for a firm, just locked in uh, or just secured as a spokesperson for Chase, uh, as well as I have relationships. I've done brand deals with so many outlets. State Farm hosted my podcast. Um, I've, I've been out here for a while. <laughs> Doing the work, which is why I said, if you don't know who she is, I don't know where you've been because she's been out here doing the work. Chase major, Affirm major, State Farm major. And these are all just a, just a little scratching of it, of what she's been um, having her hand into. So I wanted to bring Miss Rapley on today. And I say that because I have huge respect for you and everything that you've done. And I've been following your career for some time. I wanted to bring you on to the WellFit Lab podcast to have a discussion on what it really means to be um, your, have your personal journey just out there for the world. And how does that play into your personal wellness? And how does that help you be successful at your entrepreneurship endeavors, but also be a great mom and a wife, like an all around 
just great person because I think a lot of the time, especially moms, especially women, we put ourselves on a back burner. Mm. And you've been sharing so much lately and transitioning even your personal brand to share more about your journey. You've shared so much already, but lately you've been talking a lot about fitness. So what inspired your fitness journey? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, my best friend, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a very wise best friend and a very wise sister uh, and very wise parents. So um, the, I, those I consider to be some of my greatest assets. Um, and my best friend always says that when you use your truth or when you when you're honest about your truth, no one else can use it against you. And so that's been critical for me as a financial educator, as a woman that I am, because I haven't had a traditional path to financial education. I moved to New York City with $500 in my bank account, but I was partying with a capital P when I moved to New York City. <laughs> I was a Lower East Side kid when I first moved to New York. Uh, but also just having a vast, having vast experiences as an adult, uh, very transparent about being in an abusive situation, abusive relationship in college, actually just recently shared how uh, I, I, I've gotten, had a divorce before in my past. My current husband is my second husband. Um, so I had my first husband and I divorced about a year after we got married. Um, and so that's really important for me to share because it allows me to step into my power authentically and it allows me to show up as myself authentically without fear of what someone else could say or someone else pulling something from my closet or saying, well, you know, she used to do this, or, you know, she was that, or, you know, it, it allows me to do this fearlessly. So that's important for me because it also helps reduce anxiety. I'm someone who likes control. I like to control my narrative and it helps me reduce anxiety because I put it out there. So what else is anybody going to say? Cause Tanya already put it out there. So that that, part. that's part of the reason that I conduct myself in such a way, but with my fitness journey, the fitness journey is a lot more personal in 2020, when everybody was on lockdown, I had my first, um, going into lockdown, I had my first panic attack ever and proceeded to have them on a weekly basis. Ended up working with some practitioners and found out I had a lot of inflammation internally and adrenal fatigue. Uh, and I had to do a complete reset of my body and my systems. I had to go on a very intense diet that was very strict, no processed foods, anything that came in the bag, I couldn't eat it. Had to prepare all my meals, had to have very specific portions, no sugar, uh, only could drink water and had to drink 96 ounces of water a day. And as I'm a naturally small framed person, so I lost a significant amount of weight during that time because I wasn't getting the correct cal caloric intake because I wasn't eating junk food. And part of my fitness journey, I've always been active, but it was getting back to getting my body back because I lost so much weight. So it was getting my body back. But in that, I've also gained space to exercise and have clarity it's been beautiful I, it really goes hand in hand to entrepreneurship honestly um the physical journey and the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey I love that because I think a lot of people don't realize what it takes to be an entrepreneur and go through the ebbs and flows is endurance it takes strength mm -hmm. and you can't have any of that if you're not taking care of your physical and I always it's say that you need that. Yes. It, it yes. takes so much. It, it, it takes a lot. I always say that you need, um, for balance, you need your physical, your spiritual, and your creative buckets to kind of be filled regularly. And if those aren't happening, you're going to actually recognize a significant difference in yourself. So I love that you shared that. It's actually something that's really personal for you. And what you've been able to overcome is amazing. 
And a part of today's conversation is really about running your own race. And it definitely sounds like that's what you are, you have begun to do as of 2020 on a whole nother level by resetting yourself. You didn't go with, well, like, okay, the doctor said this, I'm just going to do this. And a lot of the time we just accept what people tell us instead of doing even more research for ourselves to say, okay, what do I need? What does my body need? Let me listen to my body. And you were able to do that as well as partnering with practitioners. And I work with a lot of different practitioners. You know, when I went to my primary care physician that was with the traditional medical system, they're like, all your blood work looks good. You look fine. I was like, no, I'm not fine. I know I'm not fine for a fact. I know I'm not fine. Um, and I just kept probing and probing and find, working until I found a practitioner that was really able to get down to what was going in. You know, that's important to advocate for yourself. It's so important to advocate for yourself because they're, you know, they're overwhelmed and if things aren't easy for them, or it doesn't look, it is not apparent on the surface and they're going to kind of brush you aside. It's your job to make sure that you're taking care of you and doing what you need to do for you and making sure that your needs are being met. So yeah, that was, and it costs a lot of money too. Like that's another thing we think about financial wellness. We think about financial education. It also financial freedom is about being able to do things that are necessary for you, for your health without worrying about the consequences. Um, you know, my med at one point it's costing me a thousand dollars a month to work with this practitioner. And that's something that my younger self couldn't even fathomed. But at this stage of the, the game, it was kind of like, yeah, I have my traditional health insurance and I pay for this person, but my health is worth it. So it financial, I think when we think about finances, you know, and the inequities that exist in the medical system and the power of entrepreneurship, I believe in entrepreneurship because it allows you to command your worth and make more money than a nine to five would ever even be capable of paying you. But then it also, because a, a CEO is not going to pay you what they make, period. Um, and so, but, but the, the benefit of it is you make more money and you're able to do better things for yourself. You don't just have to take what's given to you. Absolutely. You are financially well, which allows you to be physically well as well. And yes. everyone knows that you could have one crazy sickness and it could deplete you of your finances. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a catch 22 sometimes for those who really want to stick like, well, I need insurance. I need these things. And they're scared to take that leap into entrepreneurship where it's almost like, okay, but what, what is the real balance? Because you also can't afford this and live the same life for the next five years. Exactly. So you're going to make a choice and it's either going to pay on the front end or the back end. You might struggle for five years. But that year five, you could hit such a stride and be like, whoa, wow, I'm doing way more than I could have ever done at that nine to five I had five years ago. My health is in a better position because a lot of that, I have air quotes going, that fake job security sometimes comes from just being saying, I got a stable check. And everyone wants a stable check, yet and still, these companies could wake up one day and be like, you know what, that whole division is eliminated. And that's a stress you don't ever want. Oh, that it's real. That's real. And that was that was also what contributed to me wanting to be an entrepreneur was because I graduated from college in 2008 and I was laid off from my first two jobs out of college. One of my first jobs and we got we got laid off the week of Thanksgiving. It's like y'all really walked us all in here and fired us on the week of Thanksgiving. And and our severance package was like one week's pay. It's like what are we supposed to do with this? So I was like, wow. oh, these toes ain't loyal. These no, they're not at all. So I love that you share that. And I love that you've been so transparent about your financial journey, because especially as Black women, we need to hear that and see that. 
And I think there are a lot of people out here doing it really well, but I think you're doing it exceptionally well, especially for young Black women, because everyone wants to look at Instagram, right? And be like, oh, I could be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Entrepreneurship is not easy at all. There are some people who've been entrepreneurs for 10, 15 years, and they're not making nearly the money that they would like to make because it's not the easiest thing, but it also requires a lot of you. And you have to invest in yourself or at least be willing to invest in yourself to some degree to kind of hit that stride at some point throughout this process. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that you talk about um, being an advocate for yourself because your company maternal, which I love that that's the affectionate name for it and what you guys stand for. Your mission is to help improve maternal health outcomes and for and the motherhood experience by providing women with resources they need to experience pregnancy and motherhood on their terms. Like what better way to advocate for yourself or advocate for advocating for people than this? There's nothing more important than this. Yeah, maternal is, you know, when I had my son, so I'm really big on, on power. I'm really big on freedom. When I think my core values are joy, personal growth, freedom, and relationships. And freedom is very important to me. Um, when I had, when I was pregnant with my son, I was able to hire a midwife along with my OBGYN and my husband and I took 12 weeks of birthing classes because in my opinion, birth is, I just, I think people minimize the magnitude of birth and they definitely do. birth is the beginning. Pregnancy is the beginning of another person's entire existence in your body, their physical structure, birth is how they enter this world, but birth also impacts you. There's a women literally do die in birth because it's that major of an experience. And I didn't want to trivialize it. I wanted to give it the respect and the attention it deserved. And I wanted to be as prepared as possible. I knew I wanted an unmedicated birth. Um, I I watched, uh, what was, do you know another Ricky, what was that Ricky Lake documentary? Business, it's a business I think it's the birth. business of birthing. Yeah, yeah. girl, I'm all over that documentary. Of- I've shared that with everybody. I was business birth. I said, okay, so what we not gonna do is <laughs> that have <part>. interventions. <laughs> um, and I had I had too many friends who were first time moms, young women who were talking to getting cesareans, and I just like no, I, I don't want that. So let me stack up my birth team, and I was able to. And after when I was in my birthing class, me my husband looked around, and we were the only black couple in there. And I say like, this is an issue. Uh, people are getting these these hospital birthing classes, and no no shade to them because they do what they think they is best for them to do. But you, like, it, I'm just not making a lifestyle choice based off a couple hours of preparation. And so uh, we were in that birthing class, and I was like, I want other Black women and men, families to uh, to be at the experiences that that's what they desire. With my midwife, my midwife, she's one of the most amazing midwives, I will say, in the world. Um, she specializes in supporting Black women in um, birthing, um, but also she, she's, she's just thorough. Her license plate says Black midwife. She's, she's about this life. And um, when we walked into the hospital, because I knew I wanted to have a hospital birth, they all knew what it was when they saw her. It was like respect. They didn't bother me in the room unless we wanted them. I got everything I asked for. I was like, I paid for that level of support and that level of integrity when it came to my birth plan. And I want other people to be able to have that. 
I want other people to have. I want other black women to birth from a powerful position instead of a powerless position. So that is why I created my fat finance. A long way to say that is why I created my fat finance and not my fat finance maternal. That is my reason why maternal is an offshoot of my fat finance because I understand that having the financial resources necessary also allows you to birth and mother on your own terms. And I want more women to experience that because whole whole women make better mothers. That was a whole sermon. So we just gonna pass the collection plate real quick because that was a whole sermon. You're so you're so accurate on so many levels with that because what most people don't realize and they really do downplay birthing just across the board. I used to have a um, small subscription box, Hello Mama box to support maternal self-care. And it really is something that gets so dumbed down sometimes. And it's like, oh, you just get pregnant. You just go to the hospital, you have a baby. And it's not that. It is trauma to the body. You need to heal. There's a process. But because it's something that they kind of are dismissive about when you get into the hospital, you don't necessarily take it as such. And so I love the education piece of what you guys do to really educate people and then offer them the financial support and resources to help them have that same experience. Because I think a lot of people don't even know that experience is possible. And it takes a, a documentary like Ricky Lakes to actually give you a heads up, like, you know, you don't have to do this. And it's like, oh, I don't. Okay, then what's up? And then they tell you, like, oh. And so I love that you share about your midwife. Like, that's what you definitely pay for, that they not gonna come in here and try and push her to the side and act up. They're gonna say, okay, well, the boss is here. We're gonna leave her patient home and she'll let us know what she needs. Right, yes, exactly. And you know, and yeah, I think the, the accuracy and what you said re regarding, you know, watching that documentary, it opens your eyes. It really does open your eyes to what's possible because uh, a lot of us just think, okay, well, that's, you know, that's where everybody in my neighborhood does it. Like they got cesarean, she got a cesarean, she got a cesarean. Mm -hmm. That's what it, they do. And then you realize, oh, it's profitable. That's why, yes. that, that's the reason why people are, who don't really need it. Um, in some instances they do, and I'm glad that it's mm -hmm. there. Instances they do, but oh, that's why they. You, I hate this notion. Like, well, I survived. I I survived, but we don't know the long term impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that after I had my son, so I had a twenty four, a twenty three hour unmedicated labor. We didn't. Mm -hmm. I barely tore. I think I might have had like a almost a barely a second grade tear um, with him, mm -hmm. and it healed beautifully. But when I went to the chiropractor shortly after that my hips had shifted, like mm -hmm. my hips were out of order. I go to my back was out of order because of the physical act of carrying and birthing a baby. And mm -hmm. when your body is, when you're, when your skeletal, your muscular skeletal system is out of order, it impacts your other organs. It impacts other areas in your body that you don't realize are interconnected. And so that's why it's just important for people to have the resources they need for their overall wellness, because it gets downplayed. People, and Another thing, a gripe that I will say is I feel like if men have babies, the, the maternal healthcare system would be a lot better. The field of obs obstetrics would be a lot better because to tell me that they can't figure out how to cure morning sickness is absolutely ridiculous to me. Like it sucks. It's awful. And it's like, I don't think that women should have to go through that in order to birth babies. And, you know, and the only thing is, oh, we can give you this. Um, this jug that we give people who are undergoing chemo, like pregnancy has been around longer than chemo and y'all still haven't figured this out other that than part. ginger. So that's my spiel on that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I love it. I love that you just totally did that because it's accurate. And I think honestly, more people need to be sharing their perspective on it. And it's not just like one time you go in and you just walk back out. It is a whole experience. And there aren't a lot of women, especially in your position, who actually are sharing their experiences to help educate other women. So I thank you and I commend you for what you're doing. And I think that it it is something that, again, if you don't know that it exists, once you realize you're like, wow, okay. And as black women, we need it. Our, the, the health disparities across the board, physical, mental, everything for us is just so completely complex for no apparent reason, other than they just don't wanna help most of the time, that it doesn't make sense. So we need people advocating for us to have the information to advocate for ourselves. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. This is good. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so what has been um, the most challenging part of your mom slash entrepreneurship journey as it relates to your personal wellness? You told us about like, okay, how you were dealing with your health um, previously that got you to your fitness journey. But now that you're hitting a stride, what has been the most challenging part of being a mom and being an entrepreneur? And you're running like three businesses right now. And as it relates to your personal wellness. Yeah, Chaya, you know, honestly, um, I love what I do and I want to do it well. And if it's up to me, there are times, there are seasons in my business where mm-hmm. I would literally work from 11 a.m. to like 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. I used to do that when I first started my business and it's become really challenging as a mother because my son has needs. I want to make sure that I'm available for him. So I have to be more mindful of splitting my time up or making sure that he's getting what he needs within that time frame. Um, so I definitely meant that I couldn't be as selfish or as committed to my business as I had in the past. I mean, I wanted to go to a conference a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I got to make sure I have childcare. You know, everybody else is meeting for drinks and everything. I'm like, oh, my babysitter is... She going home, like she's done for the day. So I got to go home to my baby. Y'all go ahead and keep networking. Uh, and, you know, in that moment, I was like, man, I wish I could have stayed. But, you know, that, that's just the that's just where, where we are um, in this journey. It, I, I would be lying if I say it, it doesn't require me to make some tough decisions every now and then. Uh, I would be lying if I didn't say sometimes I'd sit in bed and I'd be like, dang, Tanya, you really bit off a lot, sis. Do we need to sell one of these companies or what do we need to do? We need to take a break. Um, but What's been helpful for me is I create, um, like I take a vacation, well, I take a staycation or get away once a quarter for myself where I focus on just being Tanya's boss. Like I don't take my laptop. I don't take my husband. I don't take my baby. I'm just responsible for me for at least 24 hours. I do that once a quarter and it's been really good for my mental health. And then I also make sure I schedule time with my son to make sure that I'm present with him. So I try to schedule two days a month where I take him to the park, amusement, whatever, I, I'd spend time with him because while I love my businesses, I also didn't get into this not spend time with my child and not to see my child grow up and not to see the little changes that are happening with him every day. But it's hard. I, it, it definitely is hard. It's not necessarily a balancing act. I don't always do well at it. I don't always do well as it, when it comes to m- being a mom. I have to remember sometimes leave my phone upstairs or time you're off, you can get back, back to work when Karis goes to sleep for the night. Um, sometimes I have to make sure like, hey, you need to get more sleep than this. Like last week I got three, I got three hours of sleep and I had to wake up and be at a photo shoot. And I was like, okay, you're going to sleep when you get home. Um, and just, I, it, it really is listening to my body, but also carving space and creating boundaries around that space I carve, having my assistant to make sure that we create boundaries around that space. My assistant is like, nope, 
you can't get into tiny schedule this day, that's Kara's day. Uh, so that's been really important too, but it's a work in progress. Wow, I love that. So there's so many things you just covered. So one, uh, staycations, yes. 24 hours with nobody. I just talked about that um, with her agenda last week in regards to how you can rule Q3. And I really think that's important. People don't realize it. Like you really feel like you need to take a trip all the time. No, you don't need to take a trip. You sometimes just need to be by yourself without someone calling your name, asking you for something and disconnecting from your phone and just being with who you are. Cause you were a whole person before you got married, before you became a mom, before you were a sister, you were a whole person. So how do you fill your cup up if people are constantly coming for you for things that maybe you can do or you can't do, but you got to have that peace of mind for yourself with a staycation. And I think it yeah. inspires creativity. It refuels you. It resets you. It does so many different things to you that it just has so many health benefits, in my opinion. So good. It's so good. They're so, you just wake up in a hotel, look out at your city. You're like, oh, I don't have to do anything. Let me go get some food. Come back, <laughs> sit down and go to sleep. Like, oh, it's so good. Yes, I love that. Then I love that you you are setting boundaries. I think it's really important. And I really want to stress this for entrepreneurs to strike, um, set boundaries because a lot of the time with this grind culture, everyone's like, you got to hustle, 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 go, go, go. Team no sleep. Nah, son, you're not going to make it and run this race if you team no sleep <laughs> every day, all day. No, that's a whole song and everything. And I'm like, we got to stop glorifying these things. And I talk a lot about boundaries. I talk a lot about burnout prevention and stress management, but I think it's really important because entrepreneurs don't really think of it that way. They think these are the norms. This doesn't have to be a norm. There is a difference between good and bad stress. There's also a difference of you're just burning yourself at both ends of the candle and you're going to burn out. How do you prevent that? You prevent that by setting boundaries. You prevent that by making time for yourself. You prevent that by getting rest. All of these are forms of self-care to some degree that you have to have in place if you want to run this race and it really like marathon this thing out. You're not trying to just like do a quick, this is just a sprint. It ain't a sprint. And it's so hard because some of the dominant voices in the field, I always say like, I'm somewhere between like, let's operate in ease and like, let's turn this shit up. Excuse my language for anybody who doesn't like persons. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm always like, I'm in between it. I'm just like that, that I'm, I'm always struggling with like, are we, are we going to rest at ease? Are we turning up? Like, what are we doing? Because a lot of the dominant voices, I know my mentor, um, I'm in his mastermind program, Nehemiah Davis. Like he's one of the hardest working dudes I know. I really just be like, I don't know how you do this all. I literally don't know how you do this all. And one of his mentors, Eric Thomas, and they make you feel guilty for sleeping. But then it's also the understanding that I operate with ease and like abundance is my birthright. And I attract the things that I desire in life and that my frequency is tuned differently. It's, a, it, it, it's just, it is, it's perspective. It's perspective and it's like knowing what to turn it on, knowing when it's calling you to, when your season is to really be aggressive and really um, operate at that hustle frequency, but also knowing when to turn it down. Like you, you can do both. You can do both. And sometimes you'll be required to do one or the other. Absolutely. And I think that's the epitome of running your own race. You can be in all these masterminds. You can be getting all that advice, but you got to know how to apply that to your own life. It ain't about comparing yourself and then trying to be like these people that you're in these masterminds learning from. You got to figure out, okay, let me tweak that for my life. How does this apply to my life? Because this may not be suitable for my life in this season of my life. And that's Girl, about uh, running your own race. 
it's hard. It, it's hard when you be like, you wake up, you know, you about to go to sleep and somebody like, oh yeah, I hit my 900K goal for the month. You'd be like, oh, do I need to go to sleep right now? Like, oh no, no go to work. It's hard, it's hard. Yeah, it allows you to get into such a rhythm in your family as well, right? So everyone has support, right? And social support is huge for even doing what it is that you all do. So you're able to get into a rhythm by kind of pulling back and knowing when to push the pedal the way that you do, even in your family life, which helps you increase your business. You're going to get that 900K. It's not, it's going to drop when it's dropping. You ain't yeah. going to miss nothing that's meant for you, but you're going to catch this rest. Because this whole sleep when you dead thing, nah, son, you're not sleeping. You dead. You dead. Right. <laughs> them two, right. they're not the same. And I'm not going to let sleep make me die. Like, I know. I'm here for that. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So last question. Um, how have you found that making your personal um, wellness a priority has helped you limit the impact of stress on your body and prevent burnout? Oh, I'm more mindful. I'm more mindful and it's, it's normalized that time needs a break. So it doesn't catch people off guard. Um, my business, my systems are set up where I can take a break if needed and things aren't going to collapse. Uh, so I'm definitely more mindful of when those breaks are needed. And then uh, my team is like, okay, it's time for, even it comes to a point where people be asking me, Hey, you, you sure you don't need a break? You need to relax. You, you've been working mm. really hard. Like, I think you need to take some time. Um, so it has also gotten to a point where people look out for me too. And mm -hmm. people look out for my boundaries. Um, but then also being unapologetic about those boundaries, knowing what I need to operate at my optimal performance and putting those boundaries in place so that I can and not feeling bad about it. I think early on in my journey, I would feel bad if I couldn't do something or I feel bad if I had to say no to something or I would feel bad about not being fulfilled obligations or that someone might've had for me. I'm like, you know what? That does not align with what I need to be doing right now. Mm -mm. I don't feel bad about it because no. I'm, if it's not on alignment, it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's, that's it. That part. I love it. Value alignment is real. And let, even the Bible, I always share this. Even the Bible talks about how God rested when he created the world. And then he also says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. For you to say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. For you to say no to one thing, you're saying yes to another. Let that yes be to yourself. When you yes. say no to somebody else, let that yes be for you. Like, I'm going to own this yes. I'm going to hold this yes. And no is a full sentence. There's no explanation. There's no guilt attached. There doesn't need to be. Your no is your no and your yes is your yes. And own that. Yes, yes. I love that. Thank you so much for joining me today on the WellFit Lab podcast. I will be dropping all of Tanya's information in the notes. You need to follow her. You need to get to know her. And you really need to catch us next time. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. So, oh my gosh, how great was this episode? I really, really, really hope you guys got all the gems that Tanya was dropping during this episode. Being an entrepreneur has so many ebbs and flows, but to get through those ebbs and flows and be successful, you have to maintain your wellness. You have to be your own advocate. And Tanya shared her own journey, but she also shared the importance of being well and being an entrepreneur. So, if you missed anything, I encourage you to go back through, rewind it, just listen to it from the beginning, make sure you got your pen and paper out, 
She was dropping gems. And I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you follow Tanya on Instagram as well as LinkedIn, where she shares so much about her businesses as well as her personal journey as an entrepreneur and a mom. Until next time, be blessed.